Hello, microbe friends. I'm Dr. Justine Dees, and welcome to the Joyful Microbe Podcast. It's the show all about the microbes we encounter in our daily lives. Thank you so much for tuning in. I can't wait to share this show with you. A vast number of microbes live on our skin, in our gut, and almost everywhere else you can imagine, on and in our bodies. Collectively, these microbes are called the human microbiome and play a crucial role in our health and well-being. Different locations on our bodies contain a specific set of microbes, which are individual microbiomes, such as the gut microbiome, skin microbiome, and oral microbiome. The skin microbiome is a relatively less researched microbiome on our bodies, but is incredibly important for the health of this protective outer barrier. Today, I'll be talking with Dr. Julie O'Sullivan, a skin microbiome researcher at APC Microbiome at the University of College Cork in Ireland. Her research focuses on mining the human skin microbiota for much-needed alternatives to antibiotics, primarily antimicrobial peptides called bacteriosins that exhibit health potential against a wide range of pathogens, including skin pathogens. She is now continuing her research in this area to look at how those peptides work on skin models and also further explore the gut-skin connection. In this episode, we talk about how the microbes on our skin keep us healthy and how when they get out of balance can cause issues like eczema and acne. She also gives us some practical tips for maintaining a healthy skin microbiome and shares her thoughts on skin microbiome tests. And lastly, Julie shares a fun at-home microbiology activity that will show how hand-washing affects our skin microbes. Be sure to stay tuned until the end for that. All right, let's get on to the interview. Hey, Julie. Thanks so much for joining me on the Joyful Microbe podcast. Thanks a million for having me. So you are a postdoc at APC Microbiome at the University of College Cork in Ireland, and you study microbes that live on our skin and how they relate to those in our gut, ultimately with the goal of creating better treatments for skin conditions like eczema and acne. So this is really cool, and I think a really neat topic. Um, So, but let's just take a step back. Can you start off and just explain the microbiome and maybe kind of like the differences between the human microbiome and um, as a whole, and then also how we have like these different sites on our bodies? Yeah. um, So the microbiome is a collection of microorganisms. So microorganisms like small things uh, like bacteria, viruses, and fungi that live in and on our bodies. So there is like, I don't know how many types, but there's like thousands of different types of bacteria, if not millions. And in on our, I focus, my research focuses on the skin. And so like, there's even differences on different sites of our skin. So like the bacteria 
like if you feel the palm and then feel your face, there's a difference in the skin like structure, the skin texture. So there's also a difference in the bacteria in those different places. And they've shown as like studies have shown that the interpersonal variations um, are more similar than the intrapersonal uh, variations of bacteria on our bodies. So meaning that the bacteria I will say found on my elbow would be more similar to the bacteria found on your on your elbow than the bacteria found between my toes. Get, <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like uh, the bacteria in our elbows could be more similar than the bacteria between my elbows and my toes, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sorry, total it doesn't. Sense. Yeah, I don't like that you use the elbow. I think it's kind of like a funny visual. <laughs> um, yeah, and the way, like, I kind of think about it also, like how you wouldn't expect bacteria living. You know, if we're just talking about like on Earth, you wouldn't expect the same bacteria living in the ocean to also necessarily be, you know, on like the back of a an insect or something. Um, and it's the same with even our bodies. It's like surprising how these different sites have different bacteria, but it's like there are all these different um, food sources for them all over our bodies that are different. And so they kind of thrive in these different areas. And like different environments, you know, because certain areas of our, uh, like uh, certain parts of our body, the skin size in relation to skin sites, um, are like more drier than others and then others are more oily and sebaceous so different bacteria thrive in those different environments yeah yeah so like our armpits would have like different yeah. sorts of bacteria um yeah yeah kind compared of to like the back of our arm yeah it's different kind of staphylococci species um and then compared to like if a dry area like maybe on your back might have higher instance of like criny bacterium they're just different types of bacteria um i'm not sure how technical like yeah yeah i mean it's (laughs) it is kind of helpful to hear some of the different names of the bacteria just to actually like get a little more specific but um i've heard people compare it to like you know dry sites being kind of like deserts and wet sites in our bodies being like rainforests kind of jungle yeah yeah I yeah jungle. I think one of my reviews yeah yeah um yeah it's a good yeah so it's it's that's it's exactly it yeah yeah um okay so so how exactly is the skin microbiome keeping us healthy okay so as we know, like our skin is our first line of defense against the outside world. It's not just a physical barrier. It's home to millions of bacteria, some of which naturally produce um, antimicrobial peptides, which are also called bacteriosins. Um, these act like protein missiles, killing off bad bacteria. So you could say these peptides or bacteriosins are a viable alternative to antibiotics. So as we know, like there's a, a global pandemic really happening of um, it's called antimicrobial resistance. So or antibiotic resistance. So antibiotics, as we know them, uh, will not work um, as well or not work at all 
in the, in the in the foreseeable future. So we need alternatives because you know if antibiotics don't work, people will um, ultimately die from general sicknesses. Um, it's due to a variety of reasons. Could be overuse of antibiotics in the food chain, over prescription, and so forth. Um, so my work then, you know, centered around well, meaning my PhD work, and I'm still doing some of it at the moment. It centers around the discovery and characterization of novel antimicrobial peptides, which are these bactericins found within the human skin microbiome. So in at APC, uh, where I work, so there's different groups of us, but we different groups mine the gut, um, microbiota for products, um, that promote health and treat disease, and I do the same with regards to the skin. Um, yeah, so, so like, I suppose the bacteria on our skin, they can act as, um, oh, sorry, they, so they have like probi- probiotic potential in that mm-hmm. they help producers, producing bacteria um, become established in a niche. They fight off competitors, that's what I described here. And they also interact with our immune system. Hmm. so yeah our skin bacteria like our skin in general does loads for us but our wow. bacteria in our skin have they have lots of different jobs hmm. yeah it's so interesting and um with these bacteriosins are they like in comparison to not like the um, traditional antibiotics that are used in the clinic those tend to be pretty like broad spectrum like they can kill pretty much everything what about these bacteriosins um, or natural antibiotics? Are they that are produced by the resident microbes? Do they um, tend to be more narrow, like actually targeted in what they kill? Some some are broad. Some are broad spectrum, so they they do target like they can kill or inhibit um, different types of bacteria. But then more often than not, some of the bacteriosins um, are quite narrow spectrum in. Um, in what they target um but the only thing is that so like and as we know like as you said their antibiotics are definitely not target ter- therapy and they wipe out entire communities of bacteria while bactericins are a bit more specific and it, they actually even if, even the broad spectrum ones they cause less disruption so in that it mm. takes less time for the um the commensal uh, bacteria to repopulate when mm. you compare to antibiotics and there's also some work showing that how you know if an antibiotic is resistant that if combined with these bacteria and peptides it can sometimes turn them back on and they get start working again hmm. yeah okay like i'm not working exactly on that but that's just another point on bacteria yeah yeah well that's really fascinating that they can be kind of broad spectrum or be very targeted and narrow spectrum. Um, yeah, for example, um, I don't know, there's um, my previous supervisor from my PhD, um, Mary Ray, she um, discovered Turicin, which is a, um, a bacteriocin that's really specific to inhibiting um, Clostridium difficile, which is like a major problem in mm. uh, hospitals. So um, I think that's actually now in... Um, a spin-off, comp- spin-off company they're expanding oh, wow. that they're trying to, yeah yeah i think they did some collab the apc did some collaboration with an american company so yeah it's uh, that's amazing yeah yeah, and, yeah. It, it sounds like 
even with these natural antibiotics that are produced by the the microbiome or the resident microbes, they it's it's something that we can potentially take advantage of and use to to treat infections. Like C diff is a is a huge problem. I mean, we've I've talked about it previously on the podcast. And so it's like people are trying many different ways to deal with C. diff, but it, it would be neat to see this with other different types of um, different types of diseases and infections. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and and I know you um, you work with eczema and acne. So like how how could this potentially be applied to um, those types of things? Okay. So. Um... So I just basically explaining exactly what eczema and acne are. So eczema, as we all know, is kind of like it's characterized by dry kind of skin, whereas acne is you think of spots. So diversity and balance of our bacterial communities is vital for our skin health. So and many of our skin conditions such as eczema and acne. Eczema is also called atopic dermatitis. I might refer to that later. So apologies. Um mm-hmm. So they're a result of imbalances occurring within the native or indigenous microbiota. So eczema is the most common chronic inflammatory skin disease and is caused by an overabundance of staph aureus, while acne mm-hmm. is caused by, or sorry, staphylococcus aureus, while acne is caused by an overabundance of cutibacterium acne. So if you picture like a seesaw, like if the seesaw is balanced, you know, you probably don't, in within your skin microbiota you're um you probably won't like you probably don't have any real serious skin condition whereas mm. if the seesaw is tilted to one direction if there's a surge of we'll say staphylococcus aureus you know that's an indicator of um eczema you know so the dry skin mm. or whatever so like that's really good yeah in ireland like one in I'm not sure the stats in America um but like one in five children or one in ten adults will have eczema and mm. while 80 percent of people between 11 and 30 will experience acne at some stage in their lives so like current therapies are primarily antibiotics retinoids and steroids so that's again leading contributing to antimicrobial resistance um so yeah so that's why we we're working on trying to get our you know antimicrobial peptides into products as maybe a potential therapy alternative therapy or as an adjunctive adjunctive therapy yeah and it seems like it would do a better job of balancing things out because it's more of a a natural way of approaching it rather than just kind of blasting them with these um antimicrobials or antibiotics yeah. yeah 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 um Okay, so with Staphylococcus aureus um, and, oh, sorry, can you mention the other one again that you said for acne? It's a Cutibacterium acne. Now, there's different types of Cutibacterium Mm -hmm. acne and certain types of this bacteria are the ones that are involved in the pathogenesis or um, the, the, of the condition of acne vulgaris. Yeah, and you said it's kind of like a balance. So those... Um, bacteria are they just kind of always present in like on people's skin it's just that things get kind of things change and for whatever reason and then they um, 
get to like higher levels um, yeah. or or is there like some point in people's lives where they get colonized with these um, bacteria? Um, well, both really. Yeah. So like like so 99% of bacteria are good. So like less than 1% are pathogenic. However, some of our natural good bacterium like our Staphylococcus and like our Cutie bacterium under certain conditions, they will like flip and like turn mm. bad. So they're called like opportunistic pathogens. Mm. So they are friendly until giving the opportunity to be nasty, like in the case of like a wound. Mm-hmm. So if there's a, like you, we all have, we're all covered in staphylococcus, even if you like go to the shower and scrub yourself. And if you swab yourself afterwards, you'll still have staphylococci on you. They're just, there's all different types, not necessarily auris. You'd have like staphylococcus epidermidis, mainly on our skin um but there's different ones there's staph warneri there's staph hominis and everything but is that oh. kind of like when you're born you get colonized with them but then they can get out of balance or can they p- get picked up like later on in life um from yeah they, different yeah situations? they can be but both so like mm-hmm. you're so you're this probably leads us on to like the gut skin axis but before we start that so mm-hmm. yeah it, it depends yeah at certain points of our life you know it, they're linked to hormones and everything you've like different surges of different bacteria um mm-hmm. they are we don't know yet what is the link between like our would say our hormones our endocrine system and our bacteria but of course like everything they are definitely most linked um <laughs> everything's linked but, <laughs> and, and then like obviously in certain environments you know if you're I don't know it depends on your where you're working if you're working outside more if you're working in you know if you're working in the mines like you're obviously going to be exposed to lots of different bacteria than you would if you were working in an office so Hmm. Yeah, it, it yeah, it really de- it really depends on the, you know, different points in our life would be colonized with different bacteria. However, they have shown like in like an elder meth study that they actually carried out in our group, you know, as, you know, as people get older, they've less and less of bifidobacterium whereas, you know, the smell of babies, if you smell a baby's head, like mm. that lovely smell, that's bifidobacterium, like they're full of that. Um <laughs> and as we get older, you know, the bifidobacterium like depletes quite drastically compared to you know so that's why they're trying to like in probiotics you're always looking for biffs mm. or whatever um but then you said you mentioned there about you know when we were born we we're colonized so that kind of brings us on to gut skin axis I suppose mm-hmm. so yeah. like I'm really interested in this part as well because we've like heard so much about brain gut brain gut brain gut there isn't a mm. lot about gut skin or skin gut axis so our gut bacteria microbiota actually begins to develop the moment we are born when we are coated by our mother's microbes. And the microbes you're coated with depends whether we're born via birth canal or C-section. So the microbes that initially colonize the baby's skin are profoundly involved in the makeup of the GI tract. Um, so, you know, obviously, ideally natural birth is 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 the best because you're coated by the mother's um lactobacilli predominantly um but and then if a child is born by c-section they're initially colonized by staphylococci um Mm. they're you know the it however like if people if babies are breastfed um the c-section babies can actually catch up 
with the yeah. naturally born babies um, mm-hmm. as well. They're doing loads of different studies in that in our, within our group, you know, they're the mimic study and I'm actually starting hopefully a Bambi study um, soon. Um, so where I'll actually be looking at the gut skin axis directly. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's kind of, so like they're most certainly, yeah, they're most certainly linked. That's so interesting. And um so you talked about birth and how C-section versus natural can kind of lead to initially at least different um makeups of the microbiota for um these babies. Yeah, so like oh. they an- so they like they analyze the baby's nappies so then they can see like, yeah. all those differences, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. It's it's so fascinating, but it's neat to to know that um, breastfeeding can actually help the the babies that were delivered via C section to kind of catch up to to um, the naturally born. Um, yeah, that's babies, really yeah. interesting. Um, okay, so so when we talk about the gut skin axis, what what is going on exactly with um that throughout life? So the gut skin axis, so I suppose like when, like we've all had a spot or a few on our faces and bodies at some stage, and then like some of us are more affected than others. So scientists are now thinking that there's um, as a result of inflammation or imbalance in our guts bacteria. So this is not always the cases because like people with acne get suffer badly with acne get quite upset when we say oh it's it's to do with what you eat now it's Mm. not solely to do what you eat at all where I'm not saying that but there is definitely an imbalance within your gut so there's actually certain probiotics now in the market that like are specifically you know targeted at they've specific strains that can alleviate acne some bit I'm not saying they cure acne but they definitely reduce the symptoms um but I'm just saying for people who like eat too much sugary or fatty foods what basically happens is our intestines become overloaded they can't cope so we get this thing called a leaky gut whereby like food metabol like food metabolites leak out into our bloodstream and it kind of you know cause inflammation on our skin so and then at the same, yeah, so, yeah, that's kind of, does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's what they, yeah, so, like, I haven't done any work yet on this, mm-hmm. like, the mechanisms, different groups um, are doing, around the world are doing a lot of work on this, um, but, yeah, but again, it's very new, like, it's, it's yeah. compared to, like, the gut research, it's, like, the skin microbiome research is, like, 10 years behind, but, like, we are catching mm-hmm. up big time um yeah so like there was I was just reading there before like there was um a really interesting um study actually done in Boston um they found that after feeding mice a probiotic microbe which was originally isolated from human breast milk it's I think a lactobacillus ruteri I think they noticed that the animals um grew unusually lustrous fur um they had thicker skin Wow. And the rats had um elevated testosterone levels and that they like had a glow of health. So like they hmm. were like they called them like rodent heartthrobs. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So it like wow. really it is what's on the inside does show on the outside. So wow. and there's a clear communication crosstalk between our skin microbes and our gut. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. I think because it would be really easy to just be like, there's something wrong with my skin. I need to put something on my skin to fix it. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't necessarily mean that. But also I would imagine that it wouldn't be like you can only attack it from like the gut angle either. Yeah, um, like and then completely fix yeah, everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the like skin therapies now, they're really like a synergy approach. Like you have to treat the gut mm -hmm. and the skin together for optimal results. It makes sense because our bodies are like they're they're individual systems within an entire system working together. So imagine we have these sort of like axes all over our bodies connecting oh. everything. Oh, yeah. We've got like, you know, our, as I said, the brain, gut, the gut, skin. And then there's like the skin brain that really has very mm. little done. It's linked through wow. the H HPA axis. It's um, hypothalamus pituitary axis. Um, so it's like linked to our kidneys and everything. But yeah, it's um, yeah, that's probably, probably the least amount of work has been done on that particular um access brain skin but um yeah i think yeah the gut skin is one i'm kind of going to be looking more closely at we'll say in the next year or two yeah so interesting i think something that really got me curious is that um and i and i think like you know whether you work in a lab or not you're going to see these things because they're in, on products but there are some skincare products that are starting to put labels on that claim to be microbiome friendly. And yes. so I wanted to hear your opinion on this and like, what is, what does that mean exactly? And like, can we rely on that sort of a label? Um, yeah. I'd love to just hear your thoughts on that. So yeah, like people are becoming more, I suppose they're more uh, inclined to invest in their skin products and they're, especially I suppose after COVID, people are more aware of like their microbiome and health and all of this. So there, so what microbiome friendly is, it means that it's not going to, it's not harsh on our, it's not going to like distort our commensal bacteria that's on our skin. So it's like friendly, it's not going to change the bacteria on our skin um so that's really what microbiome friendly it's like what it says <laughs> pretty much it's friendly to our microbes um but there is a bit of a problem right surrounding the cosmetics field in regards to regulation on product claims so i think i heard online recently on a skin cosmetics forum is that like they say you can put whatever you want into a product once you don't claim it so that's kind of so like you have to like when you're re when you're buying skin products like I would encourage you know to kind of maybe read the box and you know and kind of research the brand like is there is there science uh is it is it backed by research pretty much um mm. so I'm trying to say and then there is as you said a growing interest in the cosmetic market towards microbiome friendly products products that won't harm or disrupt their microbes on our skin um, there is a couple of companies now, that, well, I know one in particular, it's called My Microbiome. It's a reputable company founded by um, Dr. Kirsten Newman. I met her with her at a conference, a few conferences over the years. So she set up this company. So if you want to say your microbiome is, or your product is microbiome friendly, you have to send it to like her and she does the different tests to verify that, yes, it does not disrupt the host microbiota you get then get the stamp so um mm. it is becoming more popular anyway in europe i'm not sure 
if it's in if her company does verification for um cosmetic brands in america but mm. um there's another one actually you might have heard of it dr elsa youngman in san francisco she is doing microbiome friendly uh, like cleansers toners uh, kind of moisturizing oils and everything so i'm not sure exactly what test she's doing her doing her lab but yeah like hers is fairly reputable as well um they're just the ones i've heard at different conferences but yeah i would if you are buying a product i would like look at the brand and just make sure that like you can look at it yourself if there's is there is it backed by scientific research you know yeah so so would the market is being swamped at the moment all right mm, with non-new products yeah um so even if someone saw that there was a test done, does it? Do you think it's necessary for it to be like a published research study, or can somebody get this label on there and and it's tested by a company? I'm just thinking about you know for an everyday consumer trying to figure this out, um, like what what standard really should they go by? Um, do they? need to look at the website and see like, okay, there was a published research study or can they go on the website and look in further into the brand, but then see like they have gotten this, um, you know, done some tests, not necessarily published, but have done some tests that were by an outside um, testing facility that verified that it was, you know, truly microbiome friendly. What do you think about that? Yeah, like there's no right and wrong answers here. I think once there's any external testing done on it, I think that like that is that will definitely help. But I think if it's done by more like a reputable company, you know, something mm. that you can trust, like this my microbiome that we're lucky that we have here in Europe, um, mm-hmm. that. But I'm sure there might be an equivalent in America. I'm I just don't know the name myself. Um, but yeah, once you know they like if they say there's testing done and you can. Ideally, if the Reese work was published, great. But I mean, if it's not, I mean, you just take a chance and try it out. And if it doesn't work out for you, you know, um, like, you know, yeah. different products would suit different people. Um, so I don't want to say, oh, don't buy a product unless you, you know, it's verified by a certain company because, you know, that's not fair either. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't yeah. want to say like it needs to be by a certain company, but just kind of seeing that. There have been some tests done on it to to you know to va- to validate the the claim of yes. microbiome friendly um, yeah. rather than just saying that it's microbiome friendly. Um, oh yeah, because like know, I mean, they can put what, yeah, they can you know people can put what as as I said, they can put whatever they want in their product once they don't claim it, and then at the same time, you people putting stuff on the box but not mm-hmm. necessarily in it. It's yeah, it's. Yeah, there's like there's a big problem with regulation in the cosmetic sector, um, big time. Um, yeah. I can't see it changing anytime soon, <laughs> but it might mm-hmm. hopefully. But I think people are definitely more consumer, like more aware now, and yeah, they're definitely yeah. more aware. Yeah, I think it's good, good to to pay attention to these things and and also to know that companies are starting to consider the microbiome. Um, making sure that their products are potentially 
friendlier to our, you know, to our skin and to everything. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But I, I think it's, I think it's an interesting direction that we're moving into. Um, but okay, so what about just for us at home, like, you know, thinking about what, what can we do to help maintain a healthy skin microbiome? Like, do you have any tips for us? Um, well, as our skin is our largest organ, like I would say, like we do all need to invest in it. I know people's budgets are different, but you know, there are good skincare products to fit every budget. I'm a firm believer of that. Um, but what we can do at home ourselves. So like, as I, we spoke earlier about the gut skin access, we can, you can help our skin from the inside, um, through our diet. So fiber is so, so, so important to maintain, to maintain a healthy gut microbiome because so fiber is a type of carbohydrates that our bodies cannot digest. So we need it because our gut bacteria, um, or our gut microbes love fiber. So they need fiber to survive and thrive. So they break it down and digest the fiber for us and then digest the fiber so they're being fed. And then in the same time, they make vitamins like B vitamins for us so that we can't make ourselves. So we can't make vitamin mm. B ourselves with the bacteria in our gut does. So it's like a symbiotic relationship. So women are recommended, we're recommended to consume between 20, and 25 grams of fiber every day. And a lot of us are not eating that target at all. Mm. So my own eyes were really open to it um, there recently when I started uh, tracking my foods there for a few weeks and I saw I was only getting like nine or 10 grams of fiber yeah. daily. Um, I did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was not getting enough. <laughs> no, it's not. I know it was, I got a fright. I thought, oh, sure, I'm eating loads, but like I wasn't like <laughs> eating enough fiber at all. I was eating loads mm-hmm. too much, but um, I wasn't eating enough fiber. <laughs> um, But yeah, so like what I would say is like offer like whole meal and whole wheat breads and pastas as opposed to going for like white. Um, Rye breads are like are really can be really good as well, but they mightn't be to everyone's taste buds. Um, (laughs) So like if you're looking at like pack, like when you're in the supermarket, like and you're looking at fiber values on breads and stuff, if you look at the values per 100 grams, and anything like 12 grams up are like really good, but they're actually quite difficult to find in normal supermarkets. Mm. So I've started making like a smoothie that I try to have like mm. four to five times a week. So I've like frozen blueberries, frozen raspberries, and then 20 grams of like Mills chia seeds. And then like mm. a kiwi okay. with a kiwi with the skin and you've your fat-free yogurt and some water. And that and that then has like 20 grams of fiber. So like you're sorted for the day in one go. Wow. Um, so yeah, like milk chia seeds are really good. And like blueberries, raspberries, kiwis. Yeah, I like that's what we can do like from the inside. Also making sure mm. you're having enough fish oils in your diet. Um, so like omega trees are like vital. We should all be taking them. Um they're really hydrating for your uh for your skin um like obviously including oily fish in your diet is very important but um omega trees um are really important as well Mm. Uh, obviously hydration is really important for your gut and therefore your skin microbes so we should be drinking around like 30 mils of water per kilo of body weight so for most adults it's like two to three liters a day some people it's more 
So make sure you're drinking enough water. And then I think vitamin C is like an unsung hero. So mm. um, it helps with skin brightening. So um, yeah, I'd recommend taking like a thousand, you take, you know, get a tablet and dissolve in a pint of water every morning. Um, it's, it's really good as well. And then from the outside then to like maintaining health skin microbiome, um, cleanse your skin. Uh, just because you don't wear makeup doesn't mean your skin isn't dirty. <laughs> and just think when you're outside, you're walking down the street, you know, your skin is exposed to all like pollutants from cars or whatever. Um, so I would like double cleanse in the evening and maybe just single cleanse in the morning. Obviously, then when you're cleansing, use a gentle cleanser. Um, you know, it really depends on your skin type, but some people prefer foamy ones. Other people prefer cream based ones. Um, I wouldn't use any harsh exfoliants. So exfoliating mm. gels, you know, when you're washing your face, they have like these beads in them. So more mm -hmm. often than not, they're like actually like sandpaper to our skin. Mm. So like you're removing a load of the, obviously initially your skin feels great, but then like in the, maybe two days time, you break out in some spots because you've exposed, like you're after exposing baby skin before it was ready. So mm. I would use like kind of more gentle chemical exfoliants that contains like sort of lactic acid bacteria or salicylic acid. They're, they can be really good. They're like, they exfoliate gently um okay. and obviously spf every day so your microbes don't sizzle in the sun um even when it's like not sunny um you should wear spf every day so they're kind of might have yeah. little tips that might help yeah <laughs> i love that those are very practical and um <clears throat> it's funny about the fiber that i really did like i did the same thing as you did where i tracked it and i was shocked like Oh, no. I mean, I know that fiber is important, but wow, it's shocking how little we can consume in our diets if we're not actually mindful of it. Oh, yeah. It's um, mad, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and chemical exfoliants versus the physical, like, exfoliants. I can't remember how you described it, but, like, scrubbing your skin with actual, like, beads and things. Um, sandpaper. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's interesting the, to – um, I've seen some chemical exfoliants. So is there like a, a version that would be too harsh for our skin? Um, like like salicylic would, acid you said is good, but are there any that we want to avoid? Um, I suppose really depends on, again, on the brands, you know, make sure you, if you're going for those products, like you're looking at like a science backed brand. So you know, I'm I'd like obviously don't work with any skincare brands, but the ones I use myself are like Environ skincare or Lumiere skincare. Um, they're like they're science backed. Um, so I would like I wouldn't if you're if you are going down that line, I would just consult with like a skin esthetician, like somebody mm. whose whole job is skin products for skin health. Um, they they'd have way more knowledge than I would on this. Um. Yeah, even though I'm a bit obsessed with it now myself since I got like totally hooked on the whole thing during lockdown in 2020 <laughs> and I haven't looked back since. Um, yeah, I've like I've spent a mini mortgage now on different skincare products. I love trying all different <laughs> ones. Um, but yeah, like like lactic acid bacteria based ones are really, it can be really good. I use Dermalac myself from Environ. Um, and then I use another one from Illumiae that contains lactic acid bacteria and salicylic. Um, 
but yeah, the, like obviously it depends on the percentages of them, you know. Yeah, they, like these aren't specific for me direct, you know, they're on the market, you know. Yeah, um, so the lactic acid bacteria ones, um, is the idea that the lactic acid would be kind of like a chemical exfoliant? Yeah, oh yeah, they are, yeah. That, that's what they're called. They're, they're just, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they, that's what they're branded as chemical exfoliants. But, hmm. you know, they, they are, when you hear chemical, you're thinking, oh my God, but yeah no, it's yeah no they're they're gentle and um, yeah yeah you can use them every day like they're not going to peel off a layer of your skin in one go it's going to like kind mm-hmm. of gradually kind of buffer the yeah the dead skins gently yeah so they're kind of like i guess acids that would um yeah like you said take off the the dead layer gently um, yeah over time yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. very interesting um Okay, so have you ever had a skin microbiome test done, and um, and what can you tell us about those? Um, well, I haven't got one done myself now. Um, there is a big and growing interest on what our microbiome in our, in us and on us is made of made up of, um, as to how valuable it is or will be. I think time will tell. Um, mm-hmm. I think they can what I can like what I see them being useful for is that they can like help skin professionals um decipher maybe this best skin regime or for Mm -hmm. you you or guide you as to what probiotics you might need to take um it will reveal if you have higher levels of one bacteria in comparison to the other and it will like identify like if there's imbalances and then maybe you could like nip it in the bud before let's say you get the spot or whatever. Um, there is two, I think, on the market now. Um, one is actually, I know some people working there. Um, they're actually, they used, they're based in the UK and they now have a base in Ireland. Um, their company is Labskin and they have set up this uh, Skin Trust Club. So Skin Trust Club is like a, a skin health tracking app that provides personalized skincare suggestions. So to the consumer based on their unique skin microbiome and skin type. So basically like what the person does is download the app and then add some details, answer questionnaire, and then they're sent out a microbiome test to their home and then they take a swab themselves and then they send it back. And a few weeks later, they get a skin microbiome score, which gives a breakdown of the bacteria composition on their skin, summary results, and then summary recommendations of products that are on the platform. So like, it probably is handy if just say if you don't if you can't if you people can't afford to go for facials or if you know it costs too much to figure out you know what skin products I should use like this might be a more we'll say accessible way for everyone um Mm. it is still hard to understand the results but it is clear that there is a link between our microbiome and different skin diseases like we talked earlier eczema or atopic dermatitis and acne um dry skin or oily skin etc <laughs> so um the data could um help consumers find will take correct products and importantly like learning about their skin in the process yeah i think i think this is really neat because we're we're moving toward being able to use these microbiome tests on all different parts of our bodies to understand whether, you know, things have gone wrong or not with the the microbes on our bodies. And um, and yeah, I they, think 
It's It seems like we've got this technology, but then it's actually a question of understanding the results, which which maybe right now the results tell us something, but it doesn't give us the full picture because there needs to be more research. But if someone has results from those types of tests, then eventually the research will start to reveal more and more information that will help them understand the results better. So I... I think it's really cool. And as more people do these tests and they get more samples and they can have a better understanding of, you know, people everywhere, all over the world and different, you know. Um, oh, it's different, like different uh, difference between the different, um, like where you live or where you're from, you know, yeah. there's like differences between people skin microbiome in Northern Europe compared to people in Africa or people in America, you know, in South America, you know, it, it, like it, it, it would be very interesting to see, like they have done some studies on that, um, but like that, it's very early days yet. And obviously they would say sample sizes wouldn't have been particularly big. So hopefully like with the Skin Trust Club and such, that this will like, um, that this will like obviously increase our, our knowledge of, you know, like, you know, different, would say skincare products, could be like designed for specific regions as opposed to mm. personalized because you know there's a big push now like oh personalized skincare is going to be you know the next big thing in cosmetics and like before I was like not a hope but now like people are so so interested in it and they're like willing to pay you know whatever mm. to get like the right the right skincare for them so um yeah it's who knows we, we'll see but I think it's probably yeah. more realistically more realistic if you know, there'll be certain skincare uh, formulations uh, more targeted at different regions of the world as opposed to mm. person by person. But like, I could be totally wrong. That's just what I think. Um, I think it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And just on the on the skin microbiome test, I forgot that um, Dr. Elsa Youngman in um, San Fran, she has her, I said, she's her own skincare brand. They're not selling in Europe yet. I'm Deva. I can't, I hope they'll be, um, <laughs> they'll be they'll be on sale here soon um she's done a load of work at all um to you know all her products are suitable for really really sensitive skin um mm. i just know her from going to conferences throughout the years obviously i haven't got to any conferences in like two years um but <laughs> she she's done something similar she sends out like a home microbiome uh kit so what you do is you send out your swab people swab themselves and then they send back in the swab and then they have their you know, their skin microbiome and analyze in a few weeks, you know? So it is, mm. it is great that these things are cropping up more and more, but um, yeah, they're just, they're just two of the ones that I know of. There mm. might be more out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mm -hmm. think it's really cool. Okay. So we have talked about a lot of different things related to your research, but um, I'm just curious to hear like what, what have you learned overall that has kind of changed the way you think about microbes in your daily life? Um, I suppose that they're like, especially our skin commensals, they're extremely robust. I mean, it doesn't matter like what hand sanitizer you put in your hands, your commensals will come back. <laughs> your skin commensals, uh, your natural skin floor will reestablish itself fairly quick. Um, as well like that they're everywhere <laughs> they're everywhere um yeah I think that's I think that's really interesting though because I think like it's easy to assume that you put a hand sanitizer on and it's like everything's dead <laughs> and it's yeah. like gone but um I, I think you know 
It's like it doesn't kill everything. And and they do come back and we have that protective barrier. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. Um, is there anything that you feel like people misunderstand about your work or just microbiology in general? Um, I suppose, as I said there, like we are covered in bacteria. So even if you scrub yourself, you'll still have millions of bacteria on you. I think people find like different like talks I've given or, you know, different school talks as well. Like people just can't find it really hard to get their head around that. Um, mm. And also, I think that we take microbes for granted, um, mm. like they do so much for us. And so we really need to like main message is like you really need to mind your microbes. And mm. like that, as we said already, most of the microbes are good. Uh, less than one percent of them are bad. Um, so, yeah, they're just things I think people <laughs> might misunderstand yeah. at times. Yeah. And I think that. Um, I hope that, you know, more and more people are starting to get, um, a sense that we have microbes that are good on our bodies and that they are helpful and, um, and that we do, like you said, we need to mind them and make sure that we take care of them. And, and you've shared some helpful tips with that, um, how to maintain a healthy skin microbiome, but then also, I mean, a lot of the things that you shared too are going to help with just like in general um, with our, our microbes everywhere on our bodies because, you know, like you said, with the gut skin access and that extends to other uh, parts of our bodies, like just making sure that we're eating fiber and drinking lots of water and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. – so you have a microbiology activity to share with us. So can you share, um, you know, how we can experience the microbial world in a hands-on way? Um, okay, so um, you get agar plates. Um, so I think you have them, you said, on the, on the blog somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. You might link how to make them at home or you can buy them. Um, they're cheap enough anyway. And anyway, so... I want you, before you wash your hands, I want you to press your hand or two or three fingers onto the plate and then put the lid back on the plate. Then you wash your hands with your hand soap and dry them properly and then press on your two fingers or your hand onto a fresh plate and then put the cover back on. And then I want you to, for safety, I want you to seal the plates with either parafilm or cling film and tape up this plate so they won't open and then pop them into like a hop so you turn the plates upside down because the bacteria um that will grow are respire so they breathe as well so when we breathe one of the byproducts is water vapor so if your plates are going to be upwards all the water droplets will go to the lid and they'll fall back down on top of the the plates which will make a bit of a bit of a mess not much because you'll have them sealed so what we do is we turn the plates upside down and then you put them into the hot press and overnight so it's you know 37 degrees celsius i'm not sure what that's in fahrenheit there and thereabouts if it's a bit warmer it's fine but or if it's a bit cooler it's fine as well and you leave them there for a day or two and then the following day or two days time when you go back and look at them you can you'll see um how well you've washed your hands hmm yeah, <laughs> yeah it's quite I love that. I think that's really. I think it'll be fun to compare that. Um, 
just to see that you can wash your hands and there will be fewer microbes, but then there will still be some that will grow. But um, but yeah, yeah, seeing that difference is really really interesting. And I um, one thing that you mentioned is parafilm, and I think you know for maybe people that are homeschooling, um, they yeah oh yeah 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 um, yeah yeah some like uh, plastic wrap or cling wrap um, yeah. that would work too. Um, yeah. But parafilm is one of those magical things that we <laughs> that have worked in labs have gotten to <laughs> experience. <laughs> yeah. um, I, have a, I have a friend that after um, I was no longer working in a lab anymore, she sent me some parafilm. And um, it's kind of like if, if you haven't experienced it before, it's like a, a waxy sort of material kind of like plastic wrap like it will behave kind of similarly to plastic wrap but then it will stretch further than plastic wrap and it's just really fun so I'm sure Julie you have (laughs) had a lot of fun with that (laughs) yes (laughs) but and I think it's also a really good point to flip over the plates um because uh like Julie said it's gonna you'll end up with water all over the place and then it will change how well you can actually see what is going on on the plate, like your individual colonies might not be individual like colonies. So that's going to be like the the bacteria that grows on the plate. Um, Yeah. And it just might all kind of get messed up. So yeah, be sure to flip those over. But I think that's a great activity. Thanks for sharing that. Um, do you, do you have any resources on this topic that you'd like to share that will help people kind of be able to go deeper with this topic? Um, there's like, there's so many articles online. There's actually, it's very difficult to pick exact ones, but there's actually a really nice blog that's updated regularly. It's called The Secret Life of Skin. Um, and it's regularly updated with really interesting topics surrounding the skin microbiome. And it's for like the everyday reader. You don't have to be involved mm. in science to understand what's on it. It's like really easy to read and it's really, really interesting. So it's called the secret, the secret life of skin. I came across that recently, actually. That is mm-hmm. a really good blog. So yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes. Um, well, Julie, thank you so much. This has been super fun. Is um, where do you want to direct people so that they can find, follow, and connect with you? Um. Well, my Twitter handle um on Twitter, I suppose, is at Julie underscore uh, Sheila spelled S I L E. That's my Irish name, <laughs> and um, or I suppose Instagram, uh, Julie with an extra E O S. Yeah, if people want to go in there, um, yeah, I suppose that's where I'd probably most easily found <laughs> or Great. easily connected with. Um, yeah. And okay. well, yeah. Was there anything else that you wanted to share? Oh yeah, no. I was just thinking there. Oh yeah, when you you repeated there about um a different tip for maintaining a health healthy skin microbiome, as well. I would include um active ingredients like vitamin A and vitamin C and vitamin E in your skincare products. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen like um. Something that I've recently, which I just, I haven't done a ton of research on skincare products, but something that came up recently that my sister-in-law actually shared with me is vitamin C serum. And um, 
I had no idea that that was such an important <laughs> part of a skincare routine to include. Yeah, it, it helps with like skin brightening and it you know improves skin texture as well. And then like vitamin A then is like for anti aging. So like everyone from their mid twenties mm-hmm. up should be incorporating that some way in it. And then um, vitamin E for like being an antioxidant. Great. Okay. So. Well, thanks for including those. Yeah. Well. Julie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been really fun and there's it's just jam-packed with information about <laughs> our microbiomes and skin and our gut. So I really, really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having me. It was really, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I hope, I hope it was okay and it might help yeah. someone, give someone some info. Oh, for sure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Joyful Microbe Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. If you'd like to help others who love microbes to find the podcast, then please leave a rating and a review for the show. And tell a friend. To learn more about the Joyful Microbe, head on over to joyfulmicrobe.com where you will find the show notes and all the links and resources mentioned. If you love Joyful Microbe and would like to support the show, you can do so by leaving a virtual tip through coffee. The link is in the show notes and on joyfulmicrobe.com at the bottom of the page. Thanks again, microbe friends. Talk to you next time.